Wall Street is full of corruption and it is baked in to every aspect of our society. MMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding at the macro level. In the 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This was written over a hundred years ago. This is The Rogue Scholar with Steve Grumbine. Hey, everybody. I would say happy uh, Independence Day, but is not a whole lot to be happy about. And the history of this day doesn't need to be rehashed. But what we're going to talk about today on The Rogue Scholar is, is, is a little different. I got out of an interview uh, with the great Brett Scott earlier. And for those of you who don't know Brett, let me just tell you, this is the book that we discussed. It's a fantastic book. Uh, it's called Cash Cards, Crypto, and the War on Our Wallets, Cloud Money by Brett Scott. Strongly recommend it. Uh, that podcast will be out not this coming weekend, this coming weekend, Saturday. We have Steve Keen and Michael Hudson together talking about the Ukraine-Russia conflict and uh, cataclysmic climate change and a number of other things. Very exciting to discuss uh, with both of those gentlemen. But the following week is the one with Brett Scott, and I think you'll find it to be fascinating as well. Folks, I've been trying to kick it out of the park, man. Knock it out. Great guests, great content. And um, I'm hoping you guys will subscribe, like, share these things, help us beat the algorithms that keep us down. And so, like I said, today's discussion is going to come from my discussion in large part with Brett Scott on payment systems and this kind of digital world that we're heading into. And, you know, my story that I talk about for myself, you know, I'm, I'm transparent because I want you to understand the very, very real stuff that I've been through that many of you possibly have gone through as well to understand why I'm synthesizing the information in the way that I'm synthesizing it so that you can understand my angle. But what, what really came out was this whole concept of like a fake world, like an alternate world, like Brett talked about in the discussion we had, he talked about the fact that Many times we'll experience a vacation virtually before we ever go to the destination site. Many of our experiences that we have today are virtual experiences, experiences that we never actually participated in, um, experiences that we watched a video and said, hey, that's life, that's reality. And it's not reality, just like NFTs are not reality. And just like so much of the social media, well, these are real interactions and so forth. They've taught us to be very isolated, very, very, very tactical in the things that we care about. Very, very here and now, right here, right now, not long-term thinking. And we see that with corporations and we see that with our government in terms of how we plan for climate crisis, how we plan for healthcare planning. Anytime you talk about planning, people lose their minds. The fact is, is that we have been planned out of interconnectivity, right? And the more disconnected we are, and by disconnected, I'm not talking about the interconnection via the internet. We, obviously, we're more connected 
than we've ever been in our entire lives. But as of right now, we're also more isolated than we've ever been in our entire lives. Because instead of being in the local community where tragedy strikes a local community member and the community pulls together and helps that individual, now we're on this global stage of tragedy, global stage of of what's going on. And your personal circumstances, your life in general, has now been commodified. You are now just another number, just another thing out there. Oh, that's a shame. So-and-so died. You hear so-and-so died? Yeah, I heard so-and-so died. You know, and and this came back to kind of like the war on cash. You know, we use cash for transactions. We physically hand a piece of paper, physically hand a uh, dollar bill or a pound or whatever to uh, uh, somebody that we're doing an exchange with. And that physical transaction keeps us connected. It also is sort of a privacy uh, and security uh, control mechanism. It slows transactions down. It's not as easy for the impulse buy, et cetera, right? So all these things done with our convenience at the forefront, like supposedly, that's it anyway, right? Just kept thinking to myself, as connected as we are, I have 5,000 Facebook friends. I have 10,000 here, 20,000, 120,000 there. It's like in the grand scheme of it all, I'm looking around, got a television, I've got a lamp, got walls, I've got a green screen, I got a family in the other room, but I'm by myself. I'm by myself. Most of you all are by yourselves as well. And if you remember, you know, all the make America great again kind of things that go with kind of ma, pa, apple pie, 4th of July, things like that. You know, you listen to those country music songs where talk about how my grandpappy done handed me down a gun and my grandpappy taught me what it meant to do hard work and my grandpappy this and my grandpappy that, my grandma this. And everything was about family. And there was a lot of connection. Well, we've advanced ourselves to the point of isolation. We've advanced ourselves to the point where we don't really have support systems the way we once did. Yes, you can get people to donate to a GoFundMe. Yes, you can get people to throw some money at a PayPal, but actually have people care and invest themselves in you and invest themselves in your life, your successes, your failures. If it can't be clicked through on social media, most people won't ever see each other. In fact, most of us will never meet. Most of us will never have a face-to-face conversation. And the world that we're in is transforming and changing at record speeds. We're talking about, forget the 18-month old Moore's Law where they talked about the advancements of technology, the speeds and the processing power doubled every 18 months. Well, we can throw Moore's law right out the window because we're not just dealing with processing power. We're dealing with literal disruptive technologies that are fundamentally changing the way all of us live. And we're dealing with things that our mom and pa cannot, could not, never could have in any way helped prepare us for. Okay. So decision-making in the digital world as individuals left by ourselves, isolated, to be our own mentors, our own decision makers, our own judge, jury, executioner, 
our own storyteller, the creations of what we believe and how we think. They're left to us or they're left to online communities. And, you know, the herd goes one way. It's like, who are we to say not to go with the herd? So much disinformation and so little in terms of connected, loving relationships have come from this. And I think to myself, my father passed away in 2016. My mother has aged significantly over the last two years and has dementia. Between my father's passing and my mother slipping to dementia and my children scattered around and the fact that even other family members who hit big don't share that knowledge. They, they're like tight-fisted. It's mine. It's, it's my, my thing, my, my knowledge, my investment tips, my this. You're left on your own. And that whole going, I know some people out there still have family events, still go to barbecues, still do stuff. But a lot of people that were already poor, a lot of people that were already destitute, a lot of people that were already lacking a good mentoring program or good uh, connection with people in general, people that know things that can help guide them for how to handle their money, how to handle their home, how to make a home repair. I mean, all these things, ignorance is an expensive deal, right? Ignorance is extremely expensive. Because if you can't do the oil change yourself, you've got to pay someone else to do your oil change. If you don't know how to change your own tire, then someone else has to do it, and that's going to come at a cost, okay? Everything about your life, from healthcare to knowing where the good deals are, et cetera, it's a trap to get you to make bad choices and hope that no one around you can guide you to the correct choice to help you make better choices. You know, in, in the past, when you go through a grocery line and you'd walk up to the, the teller, the biggest fear you had was the convenience aisle where the, you know, they have some Hot Wheels cars and maybe they have some snack foods there, a couple lighters, maybe a charge cord for a cell phone or whatever, but all the lip balm, you know, whatever these impulse buys are before you go, don't forget to buy, right? It's all changed. Now you're sitting there, it's 11 o'clock at night, you've had a beer or two, maybe you're smoking some weed, maybe you're just exhausted from the day, whatever, maybe you're just feeling low. Whatever the case, you're sitting there, you're looking at your cell phone and a pop-up ad comes up. You have no idea how to assess whether or not this is a legitimate offer, a legitimate ad, a legitimate company. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, you hit do this thing, you click the button. All of a sudden, that sets in motion a whole bunch of bad things that you had no idea. In your mind, you were just curious. In your mind, you were just trying to figure out how to get this thing. But now what's happened is your identity has been stolen. Now you've got somebody who's draining your money out, slow transactions here and there. And if you don't keep an eye on your bank account, it's gone. So we went from a very physical form where we paid cash for everything, we handshaked with our friends and neighbors, we sat down for a meal together at a dinner table, et cetera. Now what we do is we order pizza online, we have it delivered contactless, we sit back and we never see anyone, we never transact cash anymore, there's none of that. So that feeling of, oh my God, I just spent my last dollar isn't there anymore because you can't see it, it's physically not there. 
And so who, I, just think about this, right? You know, we, we talk about the digital divide between old timers and newcomers. And you hear old, a lot of older people struggling with some of the technology. I mean, I remember growing up, the idea of call waiting, conference calling, things like that. It was a big deal. And I remember calling the phone company up for our plain old telephone line and saying, hey, I want a telephone service. And they go ahead and they say, well, that'll be like two weeks. You have somebody in behind you saying, what do you mean? All they got to do is flip a switch on. It's like, no, no, no. Back then you had all these physical connections that had to take place. Technician rolls out, punches down a jumper wire, connects it over here to another jumper wire, installs a network interface on your house, on and on and on and on and on. All these things. Not anymore. Now you plug your a headset into your computer. And all of a sudden, you've got phone service, right? So, so many things have changed with the older generation, you know, that moving into the new generation is really challenging. So, they can't give you any advice at all as to how to navigate it. Now, it's not universally true. There are some people out there who are clearly current and know what's going on, have a finger on the pulse, and can talk. But most people, when they don't understand something, they either fear it inherently and no bad, 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 like caveman kind of bad, bad, don't know bad. I don't understand. It's new. It's different. It's deadly. We can't do this. Flip side is, is that when you have a, an environment, a regulatory environment that doesn't keep up with the technological changes, when you have all these high speed things that are going on that fundamentally change people's fortunes in an instant, right? When you have investment strategies today that look nothing like what the investment strategies would have been back when your parents were growing up, it is a wild world. And how to be able to keep yourself from drowning in all the disinformation and the predatory behaviors that go on. I mean, this is the wild, wild west of digital. Right? And so you have to ask yourself, is privacy important? Is, is just speed and ease of access more important? What is more important here? And we're defining a whole new world in front of us, a whole new world that most of us don't really understand because we didn't generate this. We didn't come up with this. Someone else did. Some rich oligarch in Silicon Valley came up with it. And so now we're a bunch of consumption units scattered throughout the world not really intermixing. Our exchanges are like literally flipping, like, fuck you, fuck you, okay. And you never talk to each other again. It's gone, it's over. Fuck you, fuck you, it's over. So really, at the end of the day, if you think about this, we are so isolated and alienated from one another, from family, from you know your old school version of what you could do like, well, you know, you go to school, you work really hard, you find a career, and you'll do just fine, right? All these like kind of nice little, you know, statements that used to be made, all these little cute phrases and sayings that we all know and love. They ain't just, they ain't so anymore. It's not the same thing. We've allowed our country to become a gig economy where you're individually on your own. You are a sole proprietor. You're a contractor. You have no rights. You have no anything. Okay. They can fire you for any reason whatsoever. 
you're on your own. You're isolated. When they lay you off, everybody feels really bad. They go, oh, no, I'm that's so bad about Johnny. And then they're right back to work. And, hey, what are we doing for lunch today, folks? Immediately like that. And we've gotten so used to bad things happening to each other that we've developed like a callousness over it, right? I mean, when you're depressed and you're desperate and you have nowhere to turn whatsoever, no one that you consider trustworthy, no one that you know that if I pick up this phone at any time, they're going to answer it. If I just walk up the street and say hi to my neighbor, that they're going to open the door and say, come on in. We don't have community anymore. We don't have mentors anymore like we used to. We don't have people that care for one another the way we did. Now it's like if I throw $5 a month at this thing, I can go to bed at night knowing that I did my best. I'm a monthly $5 donor, and damn it, the world's going to change because of this. And let me go back to sleep. Let me go do whatever. That has changed. With like That feeling, that sense, like, like when I think about what it was like as a child going to Boy Scouts, and my father was the scout leader, and we would show up, and there would be 100 kids in there with all the moms and dads in there. Now, mind you, I know that this is like a childlike view because there was poor people that couldn't be there. I'm not debating that issue. What I am telling you, though, is this. Most people, most people are disconnected. In fact, I am a huge fan of telework, huge fan of telework. Love it. It has made life simple. What has it also done? It's further, further divided, further left us so isolated. I could live anywhere and it wouldn't matter. I could live anywhere and it wouldn't matter because I could do my job from a computer anywhere I want to do it. So that means freedom, right? Except everybody else has got like this veil, this glass coating around them. That's like, we're not going to touch. We're going to be bumper cars, but we're not going to really touch. There's not really that embrace. There's not really that personal edge. Now, mind you, you can be very friendly with people online. You can be very friendly with people you work with, et cetera. There's no substitute for connection. There's no substitute for knowing full well that, hey, here's this investment opportunity, but here's the concerns I have. And as a family, talk about these things together. And so now, again, I'm sure there's going to be five, ten, maybe all of you, maybe I'm the only idiot that is in this boat. But that's not what I'm experiencing. That's not what the books I'm reading are telling me. And that's not what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of people that are isolated, scared, without family, without help, without guidance, without anything. And then, yeah, yeah, Ricky, you're exactly right. Propaganda. Well, propaganda is not always bad, but definitely the type of propaganda we're dealing with. You know, these are definitely. Um, you know, things that are intended to provide us with alternate realities that do serve to divide us even more. And then we go into these little virtual herds, these virtual herds, where we convince each other that, you know, 
all kinds of crazy shit. And the more disconnected we are, the more we're left to create false narratives, narratives that help us get through the day to survive the isolation, to survive the, the fact that you don't know what's going on in the world around you. And, and they're using, they're using the payment system. They're using digital technology as a way of molding and shaping our realities. They're using AI to determine what our tendencies are. They're using AI to determine what ad to show you next. They're using AI to literally find out every aspect of your person, okay? And then make sure you get plenty of impulse pop-ups to keep you in a very, very wild state of freedom meets precarity. Because, you know, what happens when you go to the store? Right. When you go to the store, go up to the counter, you ring up your groceries, and the grocery says 60 bucks. Right. You look in your wallet, you only have 50 bucks. Person at the cash register tells you, well, we can put these things back. And it's like, okay. So you put some things back and you know, hey, I've only got 40 bucks. I can't buy more than that. And you physically felt the paper. You physically understood what you were dealing with. And so you say, ah, shit, I can't say. You, I, I think about all the old jars filled with quarters and filled with paper and stuff like that. And the fact that you would sit there and dump. How many of y'all remember dumping the big thing on the bed and sorting your pennies and your nickels and your dimes, your quarters and all this stuff, right? You separate all this stuff out and you're like excited and you're like, Here's a $20 bill. Here's a $5 bill. It's like, oh my God, I've got like $75. I'm rich. <laughs> I mean, y'all remember this. Please tell me somebody remembers this, right? And I think to myself, we don't have any guardrails any longer. We don't have any guardrails. And when we don't understand, it's too late to put the genie back in the bottle, as they say. We, we've, we've experienced the joy of freedom of just one-click shopping. But at the expense of that leisurely walk down the aisle, window shopping or looking or seeing what you want, being able to be connected with friends, meet you at the movie theater, now we just stream movies all night long on our television set with streaming services. We don't even go to the movie theater anymore. Now, mind you, the pandemic had a lot to do with that. And the pandemic had a lot to do with a lot of the things going on between people's ears in their brains and a lot of the false narratives that became part and parcel with what we think we need, what we think the world is, and fighting the battles that we think we have to fight. And what is very unfortunate is because we have been lied to before this digital divide happened, we didn't understand the way the monetary system operated. We didn't understand a great many things. We had already filled in fake news into our brains, fake narratives to fill in the gaps for the previous model. Well, we didn't get rid of all that information and move to the new model. We took all the faulty logic we had in the fiat model and we brought it along with the digital model and now we're baking in all these other false narratives, see? So on one hand, we got propaganda. 
which is being intentionally fed to us to change how we behave, to change what we value, et cetera, to, to basically socially engineer our existence on one hand. And on the other hand, we have, we're so isolated and so lacking in a safe place to cry or to share, or to hug someone or to feel connected with. We, we lack that connection so much that we end up filling it with impulses, with, with feelings, with, with things, this quick twitch. Oh, hey, let me just go ahead and start doing this now. Like, like we jump around like freaking, like a jumping jack. We're not able to stay focused because there's just too much shit out there. There's more shit that we can prepare for. In our finite minds, the world is so vast and we have connection to things that we had no idea. So we're going places that have not been discovered, fake places, digital places, but places that are way beyond the boundaries that we have in our own existence, in our own real, physical, tangible world. And I, I just keep thinking to myself, this digital world is being carved out for us right now. Whether you realize it or not, there are people very, very serious and very knowledgeable about the system they're creating. And there are people on the privacy side that are like, hey, this is bad deal. And there's people on the, the tech side that are like, oh man, this is the best thing ever. You're going to have access to millions of people. And on the other side, it's like, but you're going to lose sight of the 150 you really knew in real life. And so we're left once again, isolated, left weak, trying to make decisions about things that even the powers that be that are creating them don't fully understand. But we think we're going to get over and win some big thing. We're in the casino of Bitcoin. We're in the casino of crypto. We are going to take this world by the short hairs and we're going to run game. Okay. We tell ourselves these narratives to push us to seek what we want, what our individual desires are. And we've been convinced that the individual is the single highest, most important thing in the world next to private property. We have been convinced that the pursuit of private property is the single greatest thing. And the absence of community, what else do you have to go on? You've been isolated. And so this libertarian childlike thing starts creeping over many of us subconsciously, even beyond our understanding, way beyond our understanding. This weird, very, very transactional, short-term thinking kicks in. Now, if you've ever been a part of a sales organization, back in the day when I was growing up in sales, we knew that some of our sales would take six to eight months of working hard to close. So our bosses understood this was a long-term engagement, a long-term relationship we were trying to build. Then something happened. Something insane happened. And they started getting onto this monthly trajectory. So quote-unquote salespeople stopped thinking about solutions to your problems and started thinking about how do I make enough volumes, high-speed volume transactions in this small window to make my number so I don't get fired, so I don't lose my job. And they're rewarded handsomely for this very short-term thinking. 
planned obsolescence, you name it. All these things baked into the sauce. And so as I think to myself, what does that impact the way business cycles work have on us? Well, we've gone from a, a two-hour movie being a great sit-down to people living and dying on YouTube and now shifting from YouTube, where we are right now, over to TikTok for this instantaneous quick thing. Boom. Everything's fleeting. Nothing sticks. Everything's just like a fart in the wind. A momentary ha-ha-ha from some reel that we watch, 30-second reel. You know, people playing fake-out games with uh, video editing, you know, coming up with cool things. You're like, oh, there you go. But that's our existence now. Going and taking the kid to Boy Scouts and carving up your Pinewood Derby and being a part of a family system and supporting one another and going camping and doing all these things has really kind of gone in the back burner. I mean, you've even got politicians now championing cryptocurrency, even though we had the most massive hyperinflation, if you will, ever just occur within that space. Once again, we watched the entire structure of Bitcoin and crypto basically collapse almost overnight. But it doesn't matter because that's what you've got to choose from now. That's what you've got to choose from. And so as you think about what we do with our time, who we spend our time with, it's so much easier to isolate. It's so much easier to not deal with the inconveniences and the friction, as Brett Scott would say, of relationships, people that annoy the shit out of you. You know, life was about imperfection. We knew that the edges of things weren't going to be perfect. Now we've got 3D printers and lasers that take away all the human imperfections and make perfect circles and make perfect squares. And everything is perfect. Every angle is perfect. Every cut is perfect. Everything is perfect. It's so perfect that it's not real. It's like fake. And so you look for those old great pieces of wood furniture that were handcrafted that have the imperfections of mankind on them. This is the, this is the world we're separating from. We're separating from a, a world of craftsmanship and, and people being together in community into a fake world of digital commodification of our existence. And so, you know, I, I think to myself, I'm grateful that I have a few people that I consider to be trustworthy. Sorry about my nose itches um, that I care about and that care about me. But honestly, so much of the truth is that the kinds of problems I personally have experienced from the global financial crisis to divorce, you name it, I had no mentor. I had nobody that could really help me. The only way I could get help is to go find a lawyer, pay them $2,000 to be my friend for a day, and then hope that they don't keep running up my bills until I have to give them another 2000 They don't really give a shit about me. I'm a transaction to them. You see what I mean? This new world that we're in has taken all the humanity out of the world and has isolated us. And if you call that independence, if you call that liberty, we have a fundamentally different view of what liberty is altogether. 
I thought about this at great length. I wasn't even going to go live today because I hate this day and, uh, it doesn't do anything for me. I, I, I have read the history of the United States, the people's history. Howard Zinn has explained this world to me better than most watching what happens with people getting gunned down in the streets has made this day less appealing than ever watching us be the bully on the world stage as the king and queen exporter of neoliberalism the key strategies for making this shitty isolated world being a part of that country doesn't make me feel good this is not a day of celebration for me okay and for people that still find a way to celebrate this stuff i think you're missing a fundamental point that if we don't make those changes no one will if we don't demand those changes, no one will. Okay. And so as we talk about modern monetary theory and, you know, the other aspects of economics, we've gone from a pretty traditional straight laced arrangement. It sucked. It had its own flaws to this wild, wild west where no one has a blueprint. No one knows what the right way to go is, but everybody's sure that they do. Everyone's sure that they are correct. And I got to tell you, it's uh, strap it on, buyer beware, be prepared, because it's terrifying. And if you're honest with yourself, if you're honest with yourself, and you know that even the experts don't know where these things are going, and you yourself in your little teeny world, because your ego may be bigger than your reality, when you realize you don't even know, Somebody's steering this ship. You certainly didn't create this autonomous financial sector. It sprung up somehow. Where'd it come from? Who's the one architecting it? Why is it happening now? Why are we just going for the ride? Are we just accepting the inevitability of it all? Have we forsaken human contact? Have we forsaken community? something to think about and to me on a day called independence day i've never reviled the term independence more than i do today personal independence is a jail cell of sorts it's an open-air jail cell where you just sort of like the handmaiden's tale afraid to talk afraid to speak speak when spoken to you've got the 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 wealthy over here You've got them controlling over there and us just sort of saying, I have no agency. I have no idea how to make heads or tails of this world that I'm being thrust into. I neither had any, any input on, I had no say so in, I had no nothing. It's just being thrust upon me. And I have no way, no idea of how to navigate it. If you're so cool, and you're so badass that you can't acknowledge how isolated even the most excellent of us are, then that's on you, something to chew on. For the rest of us though, I'm telling you right now, deeper introspection, if you think about what I'm saying, you're gonna realize how this connectedness we think we feel is very, very much a fake thing. We're not with each other. And the very reality that's just outside of our computers is missing us. 
but we have to realize that this won't change unless we take action. And that means you can't wait for someone else to do it. You've got to be part of the mix. So inside of all this isolation, let me just say on this Independence Day, keep your eyes open for changes that are happening. Find places that can support you, support systems. Let's build them. I mean, as a socialist, I would love to see real honest-to-God mutual aid being drummed up, prepared right now. I would love to see real honest-to-God socialists talking to one another about how to help each other through these things. But the capitalist class, I mean, when I was doing my master of science, I was in an executive program and sitting there with all these chiefs at NASA and all these doctors and highfalutin people. And here I was just a sales engineer, just a regular old sales engineer, right? And I'm around all these big wigs as we're going through these exercises for school. I didn't know everything. I, I was like, oh my God, I'm in over my head, aren't I? And these bastards, some of them would sit there and do the whole, can't look at my paper. This is private information, man. If you're not smart enough, you shouldn't benefit from my knowledge. And it was in that moment that I realized, here I am going for a master of science and an MBA, and everybody I'm surrounded by is selfish, self-seeking, looking to climb over top of one another and couldn't give a shit whether my family, which is why I'm going to school to begin with, whether my children did okay. Because at the end of the day, as long as they had the secret information, this information that only they knew, they could capitalize on that. And that is the opposite of the world that I want to live in. Something to think about, folks. With that, I'm Steve Grumbine, and I'm hoping that I touch some points on this uh, Fourth of July, that maybe somebody else isn't talking about. Hopefully, this was something interesting. Um, I ask you, please check out our podcast, Macro and Cheese. Um, again, Reese just this weekend had Joe Burns, who is a labor uh, attorney, come on. I've had uh, interviewed Steve Keen and Michael Hudson, and I've got Brett Scott coming up here in a couple weeks. Please check out our podcast, Macro and Cheese macro the letter n and then cheese and that's on our website realprogressives.org go to our website please go to media then once you get to media go to macro and cheese and you will find all of the podcasts if you want to learn more about this stuff believe me we take great time great pains to try and present the most important information in a way that is not hot takes in a way that is enriching, educating, and something that you can act on. So with that, I am Steve Grumbine, the Rogue Scholar, and I am out of here. The Rogue Scholar is a production of Real Progressives. If you would like to support our work, please visit patreon.com slash realprogressives.